Hello, this is Peter Jonathan Robertson with the 14th episode from the PJ Archive. It's the first of several interviews I did with the long-established and much-loved British singer and actress Petula Clark. This took place in London, where she was promoting a Greatest Hits album entitled The Ultimate Collection and a major tour. It was 2002, the year she turned 70, though that was not important to her. I have never been conscious of my own age, and I'm certainly not conscious of anybody else's age. Mm. I, don't, I really don't give a damn. So what's the secret of your... I have no idea. ...eternal youth and energy? And I, it's, it is perhaps precisely because I don't think about it. Mm. Um, and you love what you do. Yeah, I'm very busy, but I'm, I, it's, it's the kind of work that I love. I actually love performing live. Well, I, I just love the whole business of performing live mm. anyway. It's, uh, to me, that's really what our business is about. I enjoy making records, but it's a very sort of fairly mechanical thing, you know. I mean, uh, personally, I, I, I do get involved in, in the singing, you know. I'm very emotional and that kind of thing. But but the actual um, business of doing it, you know, you don't have an audience, you don't, you know, it's, it's all about getting in there and singing. Do you feel most at home on stage? Yes, I do. More than any home you have, as it were, literally. Because you live all over the world <laughs> and you're travelling all over the world constantly, yeah. most of your life. Yes, well, that's, I suppose the stage is really the sort of common denominator. The you know, that's, It's yeah. the one constant, yeah, mm. you're right, actually. What about your voice? How do you keep that <clears throat> protected? Because, I mean, you know, it, has, it gets war, a lot of wear and tear on tour and so on, doesn't it, when you're doing musicals and so on? Uh, yes, musicals are tough. Mm. What's uh, your key to that, your sort of a recipe you have? I don't really have one. I'm, so, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I really don't have... I wish I did. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> there are times when I wish I did, but I, it's, um, it's, it's really, it's like, it's a muscle, you know, and, and uh, if, you, if you just keep yourself fit, and I don't even know how I do that, you know, because I don't sort of work out, and, but I do sometimes. I go through moments when I think I've got to work out, you know, and, and, and then, you know, <laughs> you know, after about ten days, I think, oh, this isn't fun, you know. Um, I think in general, I am healthy, blessed. you know, blessed. Yeah, I think I'm blessed, that's true. And, and I, I just open my mouth and, and, and I sing, you know. Mm. I, I've had problems, of course, mm. but that's usually due to, uh, you know, having a cold or, you know, the, the inevitable... Uh, bug that goes around particularly in the theatre if you're doing a musical you know one somebody gets it and everybody gets it you know mm. it's a bit like school really can you clear up this were you born in epsom or yule it seems to be a big debate <laughs> west yule west yule right? yes and do you I, still have family <clears throat> there or no. is the house you were born in there or? i don't know and you know i often go through that that part of the uh, which is now london i suppose mm. i really should stop off and look but i've never done it you know mm. And I usually say Epsom because they, particularly in the States, you say Yule, Yule, what is Yule, you know? <laughs> Even yes, Epsom, you have to kind of say the Derby, you know? Yeah. I started my career with the Surrey Comet in Kingston. Oh, you didn't. And I gathered that your career started when you were in Bentall's department store, is that right? And didn't your parents have encouraged you to sing with a band that was playing in the shop? Or have I got the legend No, wrong? you're absolutely right. Uh, it was my dad. Right. My, my mother was Welsh. She right. was very shy, but she's probably the musical influence in the genes. Yeah. My dad always wanted to be an actor. And he was extremely handsome. And looked like Errol Flynn. Well, I had always liked singing, like a lot of kids, you know. But it seems that I was 
pretty good at it. You know, I was I was I was very musical, and loved to sing around the house. And I sang in Wales um, when I used to go and see my grandparents. I used to sing in the chapel. I used to sing in Welsh, and then I would sing. You know, in people's back parlours and <laughs> things like that. You know, nothing really very very glamorous. It wasn't a very glamorous time anyway. And um, there was Bent Halls. I, I think it still has the Escalator mm-hmm. Hall, which, you know, was quite something, I suppose, then. And there was an orchestra playing there. I think it was Harry Fryer. And they used to play up sort of... There was a platform between the escalators. Mm-hmm. My dad took me along there. There was a local store, mm-hmm. Bent Halls. You know, I mean, it was, well, it was kind of a bit posh, you know, mm-hmm. going to yeah, Kingston. Yeah. So he took me along, and um, I guess he must have said to someone, you know, uh, Harry Fryer and my little girl sings very well. You know, you want to hear her. And, I, and, and, and yeah, I did it, and I was paid. It was the first time I was ever wow. paid. I um, no, I was paid with a big tin of toffees. Well, good for you. <laughs> yes. That, so that was really, I suppose, my, if it, you know, professional means that you're paid for it. That was my first professional gig, I suppose. Why did your parents call you Petula, and were you ever asked to change your name for show business purposes? The story goes that it, my dad invented it. Oh, really? Yes, because I was the first female child to be born into the family after lots of boys. Mm. And so, I mean, I don't know if this is true anyway, you know. <laughs> I don't remember. And uh, so all my female relatives wanted me to be named after, after you know, Auntie this, Auntie that. So my dad had enough of all that. He said, I'll, I'll invent a name. Mm-hmm. And so he did. But no one's ever suggested that you change it in the early, certainly in the early days. Is it, as far it? as I know, no. Oh, it's great, no, it's very no. memorable, isn't it? No, Pet, of course. Is, well, I've got a bit stuck with Pet. Yeah. But, you, know, yeah. you, you were often known as you know, the UK's answer to Shirley Temple, and you've been compared to so many people. Is, is there a, do, you, do you not like those comparisons, or have you always been quite flattered by them? How you? I don't really think about it, quite honestly. It's, um, I mean, th- th- there was another little girl around at the time. There was Julie Andrews. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And we used to do shows. We were often on the same shows together because mm-hmm. we did both of us. And I talked to her about this recently. She remembers it vividly, uh, doing um, troop shows, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, yeah. And we used to sing for the Brits, obviously, but for the Americans and uh, Canadians and Free French and Poles and whoever was based in England, you know, at that time. So I suppose we were rivals, although <coughs> we didn't think we were, but I would imagine that our parents did. Have you ever regretted not having had a, a normal childhood like most people? I'm beginning to wonder what normal childhood really mm, is. Um, because we, we've had three children and I was quite passionate about, you know, I want, want my children to have a normal life but of course the the fact that that I was famous and you know living in extraordinary places and chauffeurs and cooks and all the, you know all that kind of stuff meant that they weren't having a normal life mm. i suppose the normal life for me would be like you know the the person i've always wanted to be you know the, the mum who makes jams and um i don't know bakes bread mm. and does all those sort of home, homey things, but I've never been able to give that to my kids, and it's just not in me. And it's there comes a moment when you think, well, when you realise that you're you're never going to be that wonderful person, that wonderful mother that you always wanted, to, you know, mm. hoped you hoped you would be. Mm. And I've talked to her. You know, we, we have 
wonderful relationship with our kids. And uh, thank God they just have wonderful memories of their mm. childhood. But, but childhood is a special thing anyway. It, it, most of it is going on in our heads, you know. Did you ever consider doing anything else other than mm. show business? Because I know you've mm. done various aspects of show business, but did you ever consider a different career altogether? I never seriously considered it because, you know, I, 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 wouldn't, know, I wouldn't know where to begin. Mm. Um, at one point when I was in my teens and I was kind of going through a kind of difficult time because all that, I, you know, I enjoyed my childhood, actually. I enjoyed the musical side of it and all that kind of thing. Um, adolescence was difficult because the people who were in charge of my career, this was a rank organisation, mm. wanted me to stay a kid. They didn't want me to grow up. So adolescence was, you know, mm. oh, that's a difficult bit, you yeah. know. Mm. So I, I did go through a difficult time then, and I, <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to go out and go out and do good things. You know, I wanted to go yeah. out and uh, be a be a nurse out and help people out mm. and mission, road <laughs> mission road. that yeah. kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah, but you've gone. I never, I never did it though. But you've gone on to become the <coughs> best-selling <coughs> UK female recording artist of all time. Why do you think that is? What do, what's your explanation for your phenomenal success, modesty aside? I'm really not being modest. I'm mm. not being coy or cute. I have no idea. I, I, I honestly don't understand it. And there again, it's something that I never really think about uh, until somebody like you says it to me. I don't go around thinking about it no, at I'm all. Sure yeah. it's, it's hard for me to say. Mm. It's hard for me to, to answer that one. I, I, I can only say, cause I'm only on the transmitting Mm-hmm. end and yeah. not on the receiving end mm-hmm. so I can only only talk about what I'm what I'm putting into it I don't know what people are getting mm-hmm. from it I, I I give I give everything I have to whatever I do mm-hmm. now there may be people who don't like that you know I know that a lot of people don't like it but that's something I've had to learn is you can't please everybody mm-hmm. a lot of people compliment you on the way you enunciate the words so beautifully when I sing yeah, because these days um, you don't really hear the worst songs. <laughs> uh, that, that's something I was just brought up with, you know. Mm. My, uh, it's just, just the way we, we, we learn to to speak. Um, my sister speaks like that too, and we, we certainly didn't come from our... Um, you know, um, we came from a fairly poor mm. family, actually. But uh, I don't know where we picked that up. It's just mm. just happened. You were an absolute pioneer for British female singers. First of your kind, doing your acting, you were doing your singing, you were entertaining the truth. I know Julie Andrews is similar, yes. but not you know, in the same way with her as a recording artist. Mm-mm. But do you, are you amazed how you coped with it, especially at that young age? Oh, at a very, the, the young age, uh, you know, my dad was, was uh, my manager, I suppose, mm-hmm. and, uh, and he, you know, he was very strict. You know, I've, I've I had a very strict upbringing. You know, I wasn't wasn't a spoiled brat by any means. Uh, he he didn't want me to be like that, and um, and, and he was right. Mm. I've had to unlearn, you know, over the years. Let's face it, it's a long time since then. But I've had to unlearn a lot of that. That there's still a part of me which is very disciplined. I, I think a certain amount of that discipline is good, but that you know, there's a certain amount that's that's useless, you know. I was brought up as a boy, really. My you know, my dad had all, really always wanted to have boys, and when I was I was the first born, um, I think he was a bit disappointed. And he 
Um, you know, I was, I was taught to box. Were you any good at boxing? <laughs> well, my dad was a boxer. Oh, he used to box in the army. Yeah. So, you know, he used to take me to boxing matches and, you know, I had my little gloves. And <laughs> Uh, you know, I was very tomboyish, mm. really. He wouldn't have anything to do with, with crying, you know. I mean, crying was stupid, you know. It right. didn't get you anywhere. It was just a silly thing to do. It made you tough. Yes, and I had to unlearn that a bit. Yeah. I had to unlearn quite a lot of things. I mean, I think, I think the French experience, which was, you know, a total accident. <laughs> you know, I wasn't expecting to fall in love with a Frenchman and go and live in France. You know, why would I? Why would I live in France, you know? I couldn't even speak French. He really helped your career as well, didn't he, your husband? I mean... Yeah, he did. you sustained your career so brilliantly over such a you know, long mm. time. And he must take quite a bit of credit, I imagine. Absolutely, sure. yeah. Oh, well, for sure. Mm. But I learned a lot of things there which, I mean, he wasn't teaching me. You know, mm. though Claude's never sort of taught me mm. anything, you know. It, it, I was just, I just found myself in a totally different environment. I mean, you couldn't get more foreign than that, you know. I remember going to see Piaf on stage and I was flabbergasted by it, you know. Mm. Impressed she, flabbergasted. It, yes, yeah. uh, well, yes, at, at first, I, because, I mean, she was already quite sick by right. then, so she, yeah. what she want, didn't look particularly pretty on stage and the, 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 the famous black dress was rather shabby mm. and she could just about walk. I mean, she sort of shuffled out oh, on yeah. stage, and this absolute sort of black stage with a black dress. And I thought, well, this is this is showbiz, you know, uh, you know, because I had been brought up on the business of you know yeah. sequins yeah. and da, 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 you know. <laughs> and I only met her a couple of times, and she was absolutely adorable. But what I'm saying is that I, I saw for the first time somebody performing. Right from the gut, right, right from Absolutely. the heart, the soul, yeah. the stomach, the sex, the yeah. brain, just raw, raw, mm. and had nothing to do with all the exterior mm. bits and pieces, you know. And I, she wasn't the only one like that. I mean, there are many, many performers like that uh, that are unknown outside of France. And I went to see them, and I don't think I was consciously saying, "Ah, that's what I want to do," or "I should do," but I started realising, assimilating this whole thing of just giving yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It doesn't much matter what you're wearing. It doesn't much matter about, you know, all the lights and sound and stuff. Sure, it's, it's got to be good, but, you know, it's, yeah. if, if you're not giving, mm -hmm. then all the folder, all the bits and pieces don't really count for much. That was then. I'm not so sure if it's like that now. So you were explaining earlier how you went to live in France. Were you worried about the English reaction when you went to live? You no. thought there might be a sort of resentment that our girl has gone to live in France? Uh, not at all. I mean, I, w I was just, I was really just thinking that I, you know, I was in love and I, I wanted to be where we had talked about it. You know, Claude couldn't speak any English. Um, I, I couldn't speak any French, but, you know, there was... <clears throat> there was already some interest in me in France from you know from a show business point of view and, and it seemed that it might be rather amusing to to maybe do do some work in France I had no idea that it was going to be that big last year I interviewed Sasha Destel and oh, you yes. introduced him to this country yes. well, he credits you with that anyway. yeah, yeah. he's a great good friend of yours though. yes he is yeah yeah have you got any nice stories about him that we can relate I've got some stories we can't relate <laughs> <laughs> 
No, he's he, he, no, he's he's really a, a good friend. We've had so much fun together. I mean, really hysterical fun. And uh, we did a lot of television in France together. We it was almost like a team at one point, yeah. you know. And uh, we would do comedy sketches and obviously, you know, the, you know, the inevitable duets, but, but lots and lots of comedy. I've got the most amazing photographs of Sasha and me. You'd never, you wouldn't recognise either of us. Right. Really very funny. I've learned something really from every person that I've worked with and, and every place that I've lived. Most people associate you, perhaps whether you like it or not, with the 60s. Is mm. that, was that the best time for you out of all your career? Not really. I mean, it, 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 was, it, was, it was great, but it certainly wasn't the moment for me. I know what you're saying, and uh, I think it was probably the moment for a lot of people. Mm. And, of course, yes, I had a lot of hit records at that time. And it was important for me artistically because Tony Hatch was writing the kind of songs that allowed me to sing in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm allowed me to express myself differently. And because of that, I found myself working a lot in the States, mm-hmm. which introduced me to a lot of, a, a different kind of showbiz, you know, to England or France. And I, th- there again, I was learning. So it was, you know, they're all, they're, it was a stage in my life. It wasn't the stage, but it was, you know, it was important. Mm-hmm. Sure. You're best known for downtown, I know a place, don't sleep in the subway. Do you think those are your best records, or do you think people have got it wrong, that really your your best work was other stuff? Well, I was was recording a lot at that time. I wasn't just recording the hits, you know, we were doing albums. Um, So, on those albums, apart from the the hits that were, were on them, were some, I think, very, very good recordings, which, of course, never got played, because people were more interested in hearing the hits. Do you still like those hits? Do you like Downtown? Yes, oh, of course, yeah. I think Subway is probably the favourite and uh, maybe Couldn't Live Without Your Love. Right. Um, but, you know, Downtown is still a great song. They all are great songs and I will be doing them on, on, you know, on the tour, of course. I do them anyway because mm. I'd be crazy if I didn't. But when people <coughs> meet you or see you on the street, do they sing Downtown to you? Sometimes, like yes. Can you give me an example? I remember when I first moved into to a house that I had here in uh, in London. On my first night there, there were a whole group of guys who came. I think must have, they must have come out of a pub or something, and they serenaded me outside outside oh. with downtown. Really? Yes, Excellent. they did it quite well actually. <laughs> did you join <laughs> it was it? very loud. I was worried about the neighbours. Oh. Yes, I think I came out on the balcony and gave them a little wave. <laughs> you talked about Sasha Distel just now. How many you know, other artists have you become genuine friends with? Or is it difficulty because you're travelling so much? And perhaps because there is a certain competition sometimes. Yeah, I, I don't really have a lot of friends in, in, the, in the business. Um, because, as you say, I, you know, I'm constantly moving around. And it, it's, it's a very strange thing because I know I could have I made more friends. And, and now and then I'll meet up with people... I suppose you call me as famous people in the business who will come up and embrace me and say, oh my God, you know, uh, I've always wanted to meet you and uh, you, you, this and that. And, 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 you, and you know that if, if, you know, if you'd been around longer, you could have been friends with that person. John Lennon was a big fan. <clears throat> yeah. I didn't spend a lot of time with John. I first met him in Montreal 
and um, I'd been having a difficult time in Montreal because I had, when I first went to Montreal, I went there as a French performer. It was before downtown, yeah. mm -hmm. and I was doing a one-woman show entirely in French, mm -hmm. and I was, you know, like a huge star in, in, in French-speaking Canada. It was during that first big tour that downtown became a hit in the States, and, you know, we were getting these calls all the time, you know, Ed Sullivan and people, you've got to get here, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, downtown happened and all the rest of it, and I went back to Montreal about three, three years after that, having had a lot of the big English hits, you know, like mm -hmm. Downtown yeah. and I can't remember which ones, and, um, I Know a Place. And mm -hmm. Anyway, it was like three or four years. Whatever year the bed-in was, I can't remember what year that was. I'm, I'm bad at dates. Because you were involved in that one. Yes. Well, what happened was that I went back to Montreal with a bilingual show. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, this would be great, you know. I know they've been having problems with the two languages. But I thought, well, here, I'd be able to go back and do a bilingual show, you know. The English-speaking fans will be happy, the French-speaking fans mm -hmm. will be happy, and, and we can all have a great time. Wrong. It was like open war every night at a, a theatre called La Place des Arts, which is like a festival hall. It was a nightmare. And I was really, really, really depressed about it. And I didn't know what to do. And I knew that John was there doing his bed in with Yoko, and I went along. I went along and uh, we sat and talked. I can't tell you what he said. <laughs> said. His language was blue. Oh, he said, right. well, I was thinking, uh, right. <laughs> uh, which wasn't that much help. But I mean, I did just, just having someone to talk to who was not involved with my career, you know, not involved with anything really, but just somebody who who had a good mind and uh, we could just talk and that's and that's what happened and it was during one of those visits that um, that they they were recording get a piece of chance and you sang on that record i did it you know i had totally absolutely forgotten about mm. it did you get royalties from it i would doubt it very much <laughs> no i mean so you know i then i met him several times after that and we always you know got along fine i liked him very much did you? You turned down an Elvis Presley film, apparently. <laughs> Is that true? And why? Paradise Hawaiian style. What, can you imagine <laughs> what I'd be doing in that? <laughs> um, I, it was my husband who turned it down. <laughs> because he didn't want you to be with Elvis? Oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> didn't want me to be, be on a beach blanket with Elvis, I suppose. Actually, at the time, I didn't even know about it. I, I, I learned about it afterwards. And I met Elvis several times after that, but we, we never talked about it. Were you disappointed? Did you regret not having done that? Maybe? Not really, no, no. What was he like? Well, the first time I met him, he was, he was, he was gorgeous. Yeah. And I went to see him, Karen Carpenter, and I went to see him. We were out on sort of like a girls' night out, you know, because we, mm -hmm. we were both playing Vegas, and we decided, and we had a night off, so we thought, let's go and see Elvis. So, so we went along, and then we went backstage afterwards. And she was quite quite naive at the time, yeah. you know, and after about 20 minutes, I said to Karen, I said, I think maybe we, maybe we should go, you know. I said, oh, he, he was making a play for both of us. So, flirt. <laughs> so we left. <laughs> How do you feel about your own film career? Do you feel that you did, you know, as much as you sh could have done, or do you feel you wish you'd done different films? Or are you talking about like the the? Oh, Goodbye, Mr. Chips. And Phineas Rainbow. Some fantastic movies. 
You did 30 well, movies, I think, all together. Oh, well, yes. No, the first ones I did were, you know, I was a kid. And, yeah, uh, you know, I was on contract. I was a contract mm. artist. I mean, they could, they could call me up on the Friday to say, you're in the studio on Monday. Mm. And I wouldn't see a script. And, you know, I'd, I'd see the script when I got there Monday morning. Mm. And that, that was it. You know, I didn't really have any say in what, what I, I was supposed to be doing. And that lasted a long time. Mm. Finian's Rainbow uh, was offered to me uh, by, by Jack Warner of Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. And he already had Fred Astaire under contract. He contacted Tommy Steele uh, to play the Leprechaun. And then he got this young director in who, you know, hadn't done anything much at all. Mm-hmm. Certainly hadn't made a big movie. And that was Francis Ford Coppola. Mm. That was an amazing experience. I mean, the whole business of making Finian's Rainbow was pleasure from beginning to end. And how does it feel to be the last part and dance partner <laughs> of Fred Astaire's movies? That must be fantastic. Was he, was he really charming? Yeah, well, I didn't know at the time I was no, going to be. Was, <laughs> but, he, was he charming? Then? Oh, Fred was the most charming man. Uh, some might say a snob. I mean, he just didn't want to have anything to do with mediocrity. He really... He couldn't bear it. Perfectionist. Oh, and and very uh, unsure of himself. Mm-hmm. Couldn't understand why people sort of worshipped at his feet. You know, mm-hmm. um, he would stay in in the studio at weekends when we were all sort of flopping around trying to recuperate from you know because we were shooting out of doors most of the time and the heat was terrible that particular summer. But he would stay at the studio over the weekend with his choreographer and work because he was so... Um, Dedicated. Yeah, and he was afraid, because I mean, he was he was not, not young at that time, he was af- afraid of not looking good on the screen, you know. Did you ever fall for any of your <clears throat> leading men? It's <laughs> none of your business. Was <laughs> <laughs> there any you had a secret crush on that you can't tell us? Yeah, I had I had a crush on Herb Alpert. Oh, right. I thought he was gorgeous, and he's, he's uh, very, a very um, interesting man, very spiritual. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has turned into... Um, virtually a kind of um, spiritual uh, being. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He paints and, um, yeah. Charlie Chaplin, did he write that song for you yeah. or did he just wrote it and you happened to sing it? Because there's always been the myth that he wrote it for you. I don't think he wrote it for me. In fact, I will never really know. Mm. Uh, although, you know, I, I, I met him several times afterwards. I mean, I, I used to go over to his place and he'd get me to play piano and he'd sing and dance around his living room. Nice you know, fo- oh, I've had a great time with him, yeah. You're but a lucky girl, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I've met a very few dislikable people in this mm. business. I hope you don't mind me asking this. There was a rumour that you were going to appear nude in a film called Stanion Street. Was that true or is that just a inaccuracy somewhere on the line? Um, well, I think that's another one that never got got to me. There's a kind of scream that comes up, you know. Any memories of Bob Hope, Alec Guinness or Peter O'Toole? He worked with some fantastic people. Oh, well, Alec Guinness, um, oh, that's, that's a long time ago. Um, we made this film called The Card mm-hmm. and it was filmed mostly in Llandudno, mm-hmm. which was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and any excuse to get back to Wales anyway, I love <laughs> Wales. And we had we had a, a, the love scene because, I mean, you know, it was like, I, I'm the girl he finishes up with, you mm-hmm. know, it was Valerie Hobson and Glynis Johns and, and myself. And uh, so we had this love scene and it, 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 was, it was kind of difficult because he was extremely shy. I think it was his first screen kiss. Mm-hmm. 
and it was possibly my first queen kiss. I, I can't quite remember. But, you know, it's difficult when you have two people who are really sort of not... You know, uh, uh, yeah, um, but he, he, was, he was an amazing person to work with. Mm -hmm. not, not always easy, because not always very warm, if you like. Mm -hmm. Whereas Peter O'Toole was extraordinary to work with, well, and very, very funny. Mm -hmm. And very funny off, off, off the set, too. I mean, we would go out quite a lot mm -hmm. together, and, and it usually finished up with singing in the street, you know. Yeah, but in, in London too, oh, right, we, yeah. I mean, we went out, we was singing and through the streets of Hampstead with people shouting at us to shut mm. up, you know, because he, he loves to sing, one very my, loud. One imagines your career to be like Christmas every day, because you have such a fantastic time, you've met all these brilliant people. Is it that amazing, or I suppose to you, it's what you're used to, isn't it, really? What you've been doing all your life, so... Or do you sometimes still have to pinch yourself? I suppose it is just something I've always done, mm. and that I'm not even aware of being famous or of having such an extraordinary life, really, because mm. it's, it's it's just it's just my life, you know. You performed in Vegas quite a bit. Oh, How yeah, do you a lot. Feel about, do you like performing in Vegas? Well, it's changed quite a bit, yeah. you know. Mm. When I when I first went to Vegas, you know, Caesar's Palace was like the big new hotel, mm. and I think we were the second. We were the second. Not I say we because I I performed. Uh, it was Woody Allen and myself. I think it was Andy Williams who opened it, who opened the hotel, and we were on second. And uh, that was <laughs> that was amazing because he was he wasn't yet Woody wasn't yet you know the big big movie star, but he was already pretty eccentric and pretty <laughs> anguished and very very funny, and mm. I, I adored him. Would you like there to be a musical or film of your life one day? Um. <laughs> I just hope I won't be around to see it. That's all. <laughs> on the other hand, you know, I, I, it's, you know, I've I've seen musicals based on other other people, or, and you know, I was talking to Liza recently, Liza Minnelli, about the films that have been done about her mother's life, and I don't think she's particularly happy no, with them. And uh, mm. the, the thing is, that I don't know how much control you would have over mm. it, and you know, nothing is quite as you felt it. You know, it's mm. you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. Sadly, quite a few of the people you've worked with um, are no longer with us. Mm -hmm. Is there anyone that you miss most of all? Who was the biggest loss for you? Peter Sellers. Oh. You know, the, the, some people are... Well, I suppose everybody's irreplaceable, but there are some people in our profession who are just... When they've gone, you know, that's, that's something that is, can never really be replaced. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's always a sad thing. Mm -hmm. Who for you is the greatest female singer? I was just going to say, I was just going to say Dusty. I, but, you know, but right. of, of that yeah. time, mm -hmm. I think Dusty, well, Dusty was the best. In fact, when I sent her my trib you know, tribute, um, mm -hmm. I said, you know, the best of us. You were the best of us. Oh, nice. um, but the greatest singer, there are lots of great singers around. Mm -hmm. Who's your favourite, though? My idol when I was a kid was Peggy Lee right. and people are sometimes a bit surprised with that because at the time people most people of my age were, were I guess they were listening to Judy Garland you mm -hmm. know I was listening to Peggy Lee and Lena Horne right, yeah. I, I liked them because there was something mysterious about them mm -hmm. whereas to me Judy Garland was it was all about pulling out all the stops yeah. and you know here I am warts and all you know mm -hmm. I appreciate her much more now as an artist, because I've I've 
heard more of her work that she did in the States that we don't hear or see over here. She did amazing things over there. There's, there's a duet with Barbara Streisand, which is mind-blowing, mm. which, you know, you, you never hear over here. What's the truth about you and Michael Jackson? Because there's all the sorts of things. He's asked you to do this, he asked you to do that. What happened? <laughs> He's a fan. I mean, I, yeah. I, I didn't know that. But, he, but then there are a lot of people, you know, who are fans that I don't know about. And then one day you meet them and they're, you know, they're saying, oh, oh my. How did you get to know you as a fan? Then? Well, you know David Guest? who is yeah. now about, about yes, to marry Liza. Right, so, yeah. Well, I've, I've known David for a long, long time. He, he was a fan, and he, he told me many times that he, he and Michael McDonald, whom I adore, oh, and right. Michael Jackson, they used to hang out together, and they would, they would listen to my records all the time. And uh, I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> and David said, well, you, you don't believe me? I said, well, well why, why should my, you know, Michael Jackson come on, you know? And he said, I'll, I'll get him on the phone. So he gets on the phone. And, and David said to, to Michael, you know, hi, Michael, I, I got, got somebody who wants, wants to talk to you. And I was really embarrassed by the whole thing. And he said, hello. And I said, hello. <laughs> this is Petula. Petula, wow. Oh, my God, I love your music. And we got to meet and blah, blah, blah. And we did. And, you know, and that, was, that was it. Eurovision Song Contest, why have you never done it? Or would you just not want to do it? I wanted to. Really, not your. No. Well, I mean, I was asked at one point sure by I don't know how many countries because, yeah. you know, Luxembourg didn't have any singers and Belgium asked me and France and um, that, England too. But uh, no, I no, no. How do you feel your happiness level now is compared to the rest of your. Do you feel you're at your happiest now or you were at happiest 20 years ago? Or? No, I'm very happy now. Hmm. I'm, I'm happy in a different way. Now, you sort of gather moss, you know. <laughs> you gather all the the stuff that comes with experience, time, or whatever you like to call it. Knowledge. And yeah, I suppose it is knowledge. You know, it's sometimes it's knowledge you'd rather not have. Mm. Um, you know, life is not all lovely, mm. and I've seen a lot of things. And you know, I've done. You know, apart from just just living, you know, I don't I don't live in some cocoon. You know, I don't I don't live in a limousine. You know, uh, where do you live, by the way? Do I don't live anywhere. <laughs> Geneva, the chateau, according to one paper. No, I live partly in Geneva. I live partly in in Mergev, which is um, in the French Alps. Alps. Yeah. That's where the yes, right. Mm. I live partly here, in mm. London, uh, and you know, I, I spend a lot of time in the States, so. I st still spend a lot of time in France and Paris because we have a daughter who still lives in Paris. And an actual home, I don't have. Do you consider yourself British still or international? Well, yeah, I'm, I am international, you know, I mean, um, but there are moments, and uh, going back to the tour just for a moment, um, one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to it is that I will be in Britain again. You know, I mean, I say Britain because I'm going to... Dublin, no, not Belfast, Scotland, where I haven't been for ages, and I'm really, I, I am a tourist. Mm -hmm. You know, I love touring the States, for instance, because it's like a huge adventure for me. I, I just love being in different places and getting, you know, trying to get it, you know, trying to, yeah, and so I'm really looking forward to it, and that will be my Englishness, if you were to, to answer your question. Um, 
that's when I can get back in contact with my Englishness. Why have you not written your autobiography? I have no desire to. Is it because you think you'll have to tell secrets and things and you don't want to let Well, there, there's that side of it, because you, you have to involve other people and, mm. you know, there's, there's some things that, that, that might be difficult for other people and why should I put them in that situation? And really, the, the real reason is the idea of, of sitting around, sifting through the past. The past. Mm. I can't think of anything more tedious. I really, sincerely can't think of anything more tedious. Somebody has done a biography on me and it is so appalling. How satisfied with your career are you? Fairly. Right. Fairly. Yeah. Do you think you've been given the credit that you deserve? I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's, it's like when you see, you see a, a bad review for something, you think, uh, you know, it sort of breaks you up, and then you see a good one, it makes, it makes you feel good, and you, you, you say, well, is this person more intelligent than the other one, you know? <laughs> so who's to say what you deserve? Mm -hmm. uh, you know. What percentage of your life now is work, and will you ever retire? Which we hope you don't. <laughs> well, certainly at the moment I'm working quite hard. I do work quite hard, actually. I, d I do work hard. And one of my kids said the other day, oh, you know, because I said, oh, pff, you know, I'm, not, I'm getting on this plane and doing this and that. And, and I think it was my son. He said, well, he said, you know, don't give me that. You're a workaholic. And I said, I, you know, I couldn't believe that. I, I am not a workaholic. But I suppose for some people it looks like mm. that. Really it you, you know, it's all relative, really. But I do work hard, it's true. Mm. But it, it, perhaps because it doesn't feel like it, because I'm, I, most of the time I'm enjoying it. But there are bits that are tedious. I mean, this is just I don't like. No, I don't like having being photographed. Yeah. I don't like having to examine yeah, okay. it. You know, what I don't do mind to, doing it. What do you want to achieve with the rest of your career? I'd like to start getting it right, feeling truly happy with what, you know, with my own performance. I did a show recently in Los Angeles which got close to it, so I think maybe I'm getting close. <laughs> How do you want to be remembered after you're gone? As a good human being, really. As somebody who helped others get through, through their own, ex through their existence, you know. I, I think, you know, I think we all need help of some kind. Yeah, including, including me, you know. And that, that, that sense of communication that you get when you're performing is, is, is wonderful, but I think a lot, most of us are trying to reassure ourselves that it's okay, you know, <laughs> I think.